Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome to the VYV podcast. Today it is Juan Legend and Luis Pablo. And our condolences to the best man of the podcast, Phil Golden Corral, who unfortunately got a flat tire today. That's right. Our condolences for his tire. Send him your uh, wishes and uh, GoFundMe, Patreon. Cash app. Cash app, Venmo. Although that might be hard because he doesn't believe in the banking system. So. No, well, it is rigged. I don't, know, I don't know how he'll take his funds off of them. We but, should set him up with like a Venmo account or something. <laughs> But uh, pushing on regardless. Pushing on. The show must go on. And today it is our semi-annual sports talk. That's right. So we for do every, these once in a while. Yeah. We usually do this twice a year. We just try to catch up with our favorite team. Right. So last year we did a beginning of the season and then we did a mid-season review. And then we never really did an end of the season review. So I think this will be up. Kind of both. Kind of both, end of the last year and beginning of this year, um, about Bears and Arsenal. You're a big Bears fan, and I'm a big Arsenal fan, so kind of works both ways. The Arsenal season, or the English Premier League um, and soccer season just started. The yep. NFL season is about to start, I believe, this week. So it's kind of the perfect time to... Yep, it's a perfect time. Yeah, so let, you know, with, with that being said, let's get right into it. How did the Bears end last year, especially compared to what was expected? Um, I expected them to like put up a, a little bit of fight early on in the season yeah. and to essentially like fall apart as the season uh, kept going because yeah. they tended to be an older team and like the way that their team was constructed, they played a brand of football that wasn't really like good for them. Um, so I, I knew that they were going to kind of fall apart. I just thought it was a ticking time bomb. Um, that's why I, I didn't like invest myself too much into that team. You know, like yeah. some teams you invest yourself in cause you think like they stand a chance and like you expect better of them or something like that. This is yeah. not that team. <laughs> I had very low expectations from the beginning. Um, and they still disappointed me. Even, even yeah. after the low expectations, they yeah, still they disappointed, still disappointed you? me. Cause I, I still thought that mm. like, the coach who was like uh, branded as this offensive guru mastermind yeah, would find ways to um, use his new shiny quarterback who's like very athletic in like a modern... Justin Fields. In a modern way, exactly. But like all the stats say that he was the quarterback who was like least used in ways that mobile quarterbacks are used. Like, they didn't make him do a lot of play actions, a lot of, like, rollouts. Where, and these are types of plays that are really good for athletic quarterbacks. Um, his last coach was making him play like if he was Tom Brady or some shit, you know? Like, like that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that caused, like, a shit season to happen and not really get a true, like, read of the guy, you know? What was their record after all? Oh, man, I couldn't even tell you, like... Mm. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs. Seven and ten, six and something. Let's ask. Let's ask. Let's ask Google. Sofa score or something. Bears record. What's gonna say three and zero for the preseason? Come on, man! You can pick your seat. (laughs) Six and (laughs) eleven. So they actually had lost one more than you expected. Yeah. See, damn, there you go. six and it, that means they lost <laughs> they were almost, trash, almost they were more than half their games. They were trash, but I mean, upcoming into the season, though, like I'm very excited. Yeah, and let's just let's and just, yeah, obviously, we'll pause mm-hmm. here, but I just wanted to, uh, you know, finish with that. That like that was a pass, it ended really that shitty. That was a pass, you know, and they as like the new regime has come in, yeah, they have like fire sa- sailed everybody. But they've rebuilt fast. Like they've they've gone from like zero to respectable in one off season. It feels like that's a feeling in the air that year yeah. that is in Chicago right now. Where nobody in Chicago thinks that they're gonna about to come out of there and be win the Super Bowl. Right. But it feels like a better coach. It's at least team. more positive. Yeah, it feels like a better coach team than last year. Okay. Like they aren't 
burning timeouts coming out of the huddle on like a two minute after they just got a two minute timeout. Yeah. And then like the quarterback doesn't know the play, so he has to call a timeout. You know, like that shit would happen all the time with fucking Matt Nagy. That guy was a terrible coach. Um, but yeah, uh, tell us about Arsenal, homie. How did how did they finish? What were your expectations for them last year? Uh, it was it was a weird season last year because there was some older players that were expected to really step up, and now those aren't at the team anymore. Mm. So it kind of, I mean, it's it's worked out for the better for the start of this season. Um, as we're recording this, there have been five games in the English Premier League, and there are zero games played in the NFL yet. So That's right. kind of really, really beginning. But no, it, it, it kind of crashed and burned last year. There was It was weird because the English Premier League has 38 games. So it's, you know, you play quite a lot of games throughout the year. And it was weird because you would see these like momentum spikes and also, like, when it rained, it poured. There would be, like, three, four wins in a row, five wins in a row. And then it'd be, like, three losses in a row. So they just weren't consistent enough last year. And that also comes because they were the youngest team in the Premier League at, like, 24 and a half years old. Like, they were super, super young team. A lot of guys who were still unproven, uh, like, 21, 22 years old, super young. And so they ended up just kind of crashing and burning and when the time came to like really step up against the bigger teams, they kind of just like they really looked like oh shit they're doing so, and then they would just fall apart. Yeah, like it came down to like moments, and it'd be like one or two moments in the game that would just like cause a penalty or like a last minute winner or like yeah. an error between the defenders. Uh, so instead of finishing fourth, like all the, they were one win away from finishing fourth which for those who know guarantees you Champions League soccer, which they haven't been in for five years now. Um, they they lost. They had three games where they lost in a row, then like won three games in a row, and then lost to Tottenham. They're our bitter rivals. And if you guys actually want to get a good insight of last year, I'd recommend watching uh, All or Nothing. It's an Amazon Prime documentary. And there's eight episodes. Each one's about 45 minutes, almost an hour. But you just get a good insight of like the season and also like, like damn, we were so close to yeah, that close to being back in the big tournament. But overall, I think they uh, they achieved expectancy and like you know I know how you we were talking beforehand that the coach that the Bears appointed recently has been fire selling all the players. Yep. And the same goes for Arsenal. Like uh, he really stepped up, and a lot of people were kind of like criticizing him. Like, damn man, you just offered these guys like a big contract, and they're not making any money off of these players leaving. Like, yeah, they're literally canceling their contract and being like, now you can leave for free. But at least you're not part of our team anymore. Okay. And it takes some balls to do that. Like financially, it's a terrible decision. But I, le- I assume they have to pay the. Pr- the- uh, there's a certain amount, there's right? some compensation fee yeah and actually in all or nothing the the amazon documentary there is a moment in the episode it's about halfway through the uh season it's like the lawyers are like can we like can we legally do this like what are the ramifications so it's really interesting overall i think they did okay but i think uh you know they achieved higher than expected but at the same time like we were so we were one I mean think about that one win away yeah and like the season would have completely been different but even if uh, you did get into the Champions League Champions oh we would have crashed and burned out that's what I was gonna ask like would they yeah. have been expected to no played well in that tournament no with the Champions League you know it's a they draw groups and so you can get lucky and get like a a decent group that's like competition level you're like all right maybe they can get out of this. Or you can get into like a group of death, like they call it. Like, for example, Barcelona, who bought six players who we just talked about a couple of episodes ago, are in the group of death with Inter Milan, who look very competitive, and Bayern München, who they have a like severe goal scoring and terrible uh, game difference against. So, like, I think in the last four times that Barcelona have played Bayern, Barcelona have conceded like 18 goals. And scored two, Dang. and and lost all four games. All in the cha- obviously all in the Champions League. Dang! So, so it's Bayern like Munich's just been like spanking them. them. 
Oof, good for them. And what's funny is that Nike last year made a uh, Barcelona Champions League jersey, and they ended up crashing out of the Champions League <laughs> <laughs> and going into the Europa League, which is like a step down. So, you know, I think a lot of Arsenal fans like myself would have been like happy that they would have been the Champions League, but at the same time, our team is so young yeah. that like I'm happy. The future is bright. You may be waiting another year, yeah. which actually uh, we can move on to the next uh, next segment, which is how the season, for you, the preseason, and for me, the actual season, how it started. So I like you said, the the Chicago fan base is, is actually really positive right now. Yeah. the I mean, I would just say that the Bears are happy to see like competent coaching and decent football on the field. Yeah. Just because uh, being a Bears fan, um, you're used to every offensive yard being a grind. Like every <laughs> yard is has been like clawed and scratched and bled for. You know, like like going into that fourth, that yeah, fourth like down. Four, not even like first, first down, and you know it's a halfback dive. You know, like a run right up the middle. And they barely got two, three yards, but they fucking fought for those. Or like the quarterback, <laughs> the, the quarterback has you know a second down, and the Runs quarterback a has yards. a pass, and the offensive line collapses right away. He has to take off and either run for two yards or throw an incompletion. You know, like <laughs> this is an offensive bear. Like normally, how the Bears play offense, but now, like in the, I know this is just preseason, right? This is just preseason, but even in it's our fun past to preseasons. Like it would not look this clean. Yeah. Now it looks a little bit more like a video game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, pass, pass, completion, completion, run up the middle. Like, oh, wow. Like what? We're not punting after the first like drive? (laughs) What? And there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of less um, penalties being committed, as I was telling you. Uh, We were one of the most penalized teams under uh, Matt Nagy. Um, And... And yeah, like so far, like seeing that that we're not doing that as much, um, that the the teams are the team's defense is now hustling, and because like last year there was quite a few times where um, the team uh, let defenders get up after they caught the ball and went to the ground after they dove for it, and then they got back up because nobody touched them down and like tackled them and kept running another 10, 15 yards for a touchdown. And that happened like more than one time. So, like, these are professional fucking football players. You know, that's like a bare minimum that they should be doing that. Let's organize your microphone on the clicks. Okay. Okay. Right here? Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, you sound better. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. But, yeah, anyways, I was just saying about (laughs) that fucking, uh, like, how they used to play defense last year. Um, so now the coaching has looked a lot more competent. Uh, Justin Fields in the, his last uh, preseason game passed for 14 uh, uh, completions with, in 16 attempts and three touchdowns. Wait, 14 out of 16? Yeah. Four, God damn. 14 out of 16 with three touchdowns in, now, um, could you, in one half. Could you please elaborate? Preseason, are they – I mean, they're playing against other – other t- and NFL, NFL teams, teams yep. who are also trying to get up to full speed, right? That's right. They're they're it's essentially like, like they're scrimmages, scrimmages or warm up games where they're like testing stuff to see what they're going to carry into the regular mm-hmm. season, and they're also testing things to see which players they're going to carry into the regular season. So it matters because like each team is trying to figure out what their season is going to look like. Yeah. It's not just like... Yeah, they're trying to determine these are going to be my starters versus these are going to be my backups. Right. These guys are going to make the team versus these guys are going to get cut. Like, that's what's getting determined a lot right now. It's not just like a free-for-all, like... Ah. Yeah, exactly. It's not just like... Like a, an all-star game. Yeah, a la-di-da. Exactly. It's not a Pro Bowl. Yeah. A lot of the guys out there are like busting their ass because they want to make the team uh, yeah it's they're literally like uh bottom end of the roster guys who if they don't ball out like the guys are going to get cut and this is probably going to be their last yeah. chance to make it an nfl team damn but yeah i guess like uh looking forward to the next season i would say um i am very excited and like cautiously optimistic <laughs> uh cautiously yeah, optimistic cautiously optimistic um yeah just like the the competency that has like been shown in the building so far seems to be like 
there's a process and a thinking to it. There's there's logic to it. Like before in the past, we would be uh, the Bears would hire these players. You yeah, know, we're like kind of gadget players or or like you they like niche players. You know, like a really small, speedy guy or like a really tall but skinny like tight end. You know, who was good at like catching things but not much else. Jimmy Graham. Um, so you'd have players so, who yeah. were like had one outstanding attribute. Yeah, and like the this would be a fun pickup. And like the general manager would hope that the Bears' very not so good coaching would find ways to like uplift that talent. You know, like the fucking coaching couldn't even handle like an all star. You know, like <laughs> how are they gonna accentuate this slightly niche player? Players like that, and I've noticed across all sports are really successful when they go to an established team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like the last thing a team that needs to find their feet, th- they're the last thing a team it's that needs to find their yeah, feet. Yeah. It's a player who's like, oh, I'm really good at this one thing. I'm really good at uh, fucking picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that and that's what the fucking Bears would do. Like, <laughs> they would try to f- find all these gadget players because they they didn't have any like real so, like solid just – um backbone uh, of the offense players they didn't have a lot of guys who could score so they they would have to focus on all these gadget plays and all this bullshit and it i think they went uh 25 uh 25th best offense one year and then like the 32nd best offense the next year so out of 32 teams so that's how terrible they were we're we're just looking for upside this year guys (laughs) we're just looking for upside and besides Moving on to the my final point, like next year, uh, the Bears are going to have over a hundred million dollars in cap space, so that's by far, I believe, more than double what the second uh, largest uh, team is. It was my phone. Oh, okay. But that's more than double what the second yeah. largest team is, which means they will have the most resources of any NFL teams to bring in other players. And I think from the outside perspective, it feels like there's a good positivity. And like a lot of potential for the Bears in the next decade, you know. Obviously, they're getting a new stadium, which you're not going to yeah. build a shitty one. You're going to build one that's yeah. as modern as possible. That's yeah, you want the it most to com- be modern. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the most complete facility. Um, I've actually seen Hallis Hall from the like from all points uh, because I had a experience with like the construction of it. So it's an amazing facility and like for them to be able to have that resource and have a brand new spaking stadium. And also what you want as a player is like fans who are going to ride or die for you. And like bears fans are fucking ride or die. Like Chicago ride or dies for its teams. That's right. So it's going to be, yeah, really exciting into, uh, you know, and I can definitely feel the positivity off of you. You know, the other day you, we, we spoke and you're like, man, they're, they went undefeated in the preseason. It's the first time that that's happened in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's not even like preseason games don't matter. Like they really don't. They laughably don't. People who show off about the record <laughs> in the preseason like are worth a lot. They matter to an extent, right? But it's it's how those wins happened, right? Like it wasn't ugly football. It was it was uh play that could be replicated game after game after game. It was yeah. clean. I think smart, good hustle, you know, just preseason can determine a couple things. And like, it doesn't matter when you lose because you realize like, okay, well, clearly we can't get away. What the fuck? Like, clearly we can't get away playing like that. But when you win, it's like, Hey, like all of a sudden the mood like is a lot better. And like all the momentum. builds. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. But besides that, bud, what are we drinking today? You have some tiramisu coffee, which is fantastic. Um, I wish I knew the brand so that I could shout them out. It's a fantastic cup of coffee. And I'm having some chamomile tea. No, it's good. The chamomile tea is delicious. Um, very relaxing. You know, nothing too wild. You uh, do need to relax because a lot of times you're like sitting at an 11 and I need to bring you back down. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of moments like that, last Friday, bro, we tied. What happened? We tied bro. one on. What happened? Yeah, that, that'll be a good uh, a good break, real quick. Um, we we went out to dinner. We were on a double date. 
And afterwards, we were like, oh, should we go grab a drink somewhere? And um, let's say, oh, just come over to the BTT Studios and we'll just have a drink and call it a night. And now both you and myself had like family engagements on Saturday. That's like right. Imp- important. Important close family engagement. Right. Like, oh, I, like I can't miss this. I need to like wake up early and get my day started. And dinner was at seven. We didn't go to bed till I think five or six in the morning. Oh my God. I haven't done that in a minute. I haven't done that in a long, long time. And I was so drunk. Like, Probably the most drunk I've been in a long time. It was like four in the morning and your ass would still be like, you just want to do another shot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we fucking tied one on. It was, you know what? Sometimes you need to go on a bender. Sometimes you need to. You just need to test yourself once in a while. Exactly. Dude, I had my fucking blood vessels like bulging. I had a giant. Did you really? Like forced blood on a bump in between my eyebrows. (laughs) Like just from like. <laughs> so much alcohol. Probably your fucking liver working so hard. Exactly. I felt so shitty for like, I mean, for like 48 hours, I couldn't even like think coherently. <laughs> I feel like just now, like today, I'm feeling better. But it was awful. I, I, I still feel like I'm recovering from it. It was a rough night. We're in, there was no need. N- but exactly. <laughs> there was no need. It, it just like, and we also, you know, like I was you know, with my fiance, you're with your wife and like the four of us know each other pretty well at this point. And yeah, we just like, we just started drinking. We watched, uh, we watched a full movie. We played a full game of Mario party. We then just started drinking and like just shooting the shit. And I remember your wife being like, I don't think I've ever seen Louise drunk. Like <laughs> I've heard stories, but I just, I've never seen it. And I, I just kind of like lit a spark in me. And I'm like, all kinda right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, took that personally. And I feel like even after all I drank, like I just became more like chill. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Honestly, you did. You weren't, you weren't wild or anything. No. Cause we were chilling here. If we were like in an out environment, like dancing or something. I mean, you've seen me like when we're out, out, like it definitely <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, the, the yeah. animal definitely comes out. Yeah, but, the animal. Yeah, exactly. But now it's chill. I, I'm specifically remembering like one time with Arnie, the animal came out, you know? Yeah. Well, shout out to, shout Ar- out to that Arnie's, uh, you know, Arnie's a good friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he, there. it's very rare that I'm like, let's, let's go hard. But it was your bachelor party. So I'm like. It was a fun time, bro. Yeah, exactly. It's, but, uh. Yeah, how how did you wake up the next day? I hated it. I hated life the next day. <laughs> I'm um, surprised I was able to drive. <laughs> like, I, well, honestly, like I did a lot better than I than I anticipated. Like, I woke up at seven fifty something and had to head out of here. So we we slept like two hours and yeah. then had to bounce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I honestly felt pretty good. It was more like the exhaustion for me. The, just the yeah, lack of sleep. Yeah, the lack of sleep, yeah. yeah. But oh, other than that, what are we thinking about Arsenal next season? So five games into the season, and they are undefeated. Not only are they undefeated, there are five wins for five wins, which the only time that this has happened before in history, Arsenal have either won the league or finished first, like first or second. Like it's historically this is a very very good sign and alluding to the fact that we have a very young team it's quite surprising that this is like this is happening you know what i mean yeah what i like about what i've seen so far is that the players that they've introduced which are really only two so far there's two other guys who have been one's really young uh who has like no European experience and the other one is kind of coming off of like a small injury. So like the coach has been very like careful in integrating him, but the two guys that they, uh, they bought from, uh, not necessarily a rival because the team they bought him from are Manchester city who are probably going to go on and win the title. 
But the coach had worked with him before when he was an assistant. And so he like, he's like, I want this guy and this guy. And like, they worked for like five months to sign the striker specifically, which is Gabriel Jesus. And he looks like a monster. Like genuinely people are like, why would city sell him? But then the guy that city bought Manchester city is, uh, has already scored, I think six goals okay. in f- five games. So he's, he's like, he's set to like score 60 at the rate that he's going, <laughs> which is, I mean, he won't, but like, it's, it's a crazy hot pace. He yeah. like, yeah. Erling Brudalon who Manchester city bought is, will probably break the record for the most goals scored. So like Arsenal, Arsenal's best player is the guy that this team didn't want. And the yeah. guy they replaced him with, is like even better. So it's got, it just shows where Arsenal at his team. But I mean, I'm really optimistic. It, Minimum, I think we should be finishing in the top four, like at the rate that we're going at the hot start that we've had. And also it really helps that the other teams in the league are really struggling so far and like to find rhythm, like the Liverpool who people would say should be challenging for the title have started off really badly. Like they have two wins in their first five games, which isn't like Against teams that they should like. Yeah, not a good sign. Not a good sign. Uh, Manchester United are a hot mess. And Tottenham, like, are just, like you said, grinding away at results. And Chelsea, I mean, they got a lot of business done today, which is the end of the transfer window, which they can only buy players during a certain amount of time. And starting September 1st, which we're recording on, means they can no longer buy any more players. So a lot of teams are kind of in flux and trying to figure shit out whereas arsenal got a lot of their business done early apart from like today they wanted to buy a midfielder which they just didn't they came in for him too late and the team were like no it's fucking six hours like yeah you're not giving us enough time to replace him so i'm, I'm super optimistic i think that the young players you know it helps that they're a year older but my worry and i'm very cautious is that when you have young players like this and you're just putting them through the ringer is that they might crash and burn a little too soon, especially with the World Cup splitting the season in half. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of games all at once. But the players that we have, like, are all of them going to go to the World Cup and play significant minutes? Like, probably not. Probably because they're so young. Okay. You know, maybe like, maybe four out of the 23 that we have are like going to play significant minutes. But besides that, like, when it comes out of crunch time in November, December, when the World Cup in Qatar is going to take place, like I think a lot of the guys are probably just going to, you know, play a few games in the World Cup. the The hard part is the travel because you're going to have to travel to your team, get super fucking motivated, and then once you eventually crash out, then you got to come back and then integrate yourself to the team right away. And and God, God forbid, you get injured. Which team are you rooting for in the World Cup? Well, USA and Mexico, respectively. Um, you know, as a uh, latinx member myself but i think who's gonna win i i mean obviously any european team like has got to be in contention i think the one that looks the scariest is honestly probably spain like they just have a great fucking coach and like their talent pool is just so naughty like people might not rate them as highly anymore because there was a time where they did look crazy and now they kind of like peeled off but they just have such a good coach. They're, look, they're looking like to come back. Right. And then you can't discount like Argentina and Brazil. Like they might do something depending on, you know, how they end up playing. And who the big thing is going to be who's like fit, who's going to be available. Why is the quality of soccer so high in those in those countries? Um, That's a great question. I think you get into the context of like, why is America so good at basketball? And it's because like it is so widely available to them. And for a lot of underprivileged kids, it is all they have, you know, for like, yeah, that's like the inner city sport. Yeah. It's like for here, it's like basketball, like there's gyms all across, I mean, even States, like towns, like it is so easily available where that's how it kind of is in like South America. It's like, there's going to be fields everywhere. So they're like always playing, and, you know, like I said, underprivileged, so you have a lot more motivation. And it's a lot cheaper to get started. So, like, if you're good, the team will just take you on. They'll just be like, yeah, like, sign for the team. Like, your family doesn't have to pay. Like, we'll we'll actually, like, compensate them for having you. 
and they have academies. So like from the age of like, I think five or six, like they can join a team and like literally follow them from the age of five or six. They can follow them all the way up until they're like at the professional level. Like Arsenal's one of Arsenal's best players right now has been at the team since he was like 11 and now he's 21 and he's actually starting for England also. So Bukayo Saka has been at the team now for over 10 years. Yeah. And he's one of their best players. So it just goes to show like some of that loyalty does get yeah, paid off. They can build a player like that as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not just like, oh, well, we got this guy because he was good and yeah. like it is nice to see as well. So Overall, the feeling is really optimistic for Arsenal this year. Um, it looks like we're going to be doing something, whether it's competing for fourth place, third place, or like maybe even some of the cups, especially Europa League. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. But now I'm going to throw the the ball back at you and say, what do you think is going to happen before now and the end of the season? Like realistically. Um, I think this season kind of depends on on one sneaky thing, but that one sneaky thing has a lot of other variables that it depends on. And what I'm talking about is ju- the quarterback's health. Um, and Justin Fields? Yeah. Um, he he kind of plays like a little bit of a wild uh, brand of football, um, a little bit, just a little bit. He hangs on to the football a little long looking for a deep shot, mm-hmm. and he's not good at, at running and sliding. He's good at running. But then when he goes to slide, he's always sliding in these awkward ways and ways where it's getting him uh, hit late a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm worried that um, the Bears' issues on the offensive line will cause a lot of hits to the quarterback and potentially cause an injury. Where That's we, kind of the last thing you want. Yeah, where like it will give us an incomplete uh, picture of what the quarterback is, whether he can be a franchise quarterback or not. Like, uh, if we get a long season of looking at the dude and he looks like he can't be it, then we'll have a decently high uh, first-round pick from where we can pick another quarterback, if that's the case. But if he gets hurt and he was looking good or, like, above average or he was just looking average... There's kind of no way of telling. Yeah, it's no way to tell, you know, like... That would be you're kind of shit out of luck at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, those are um, kind of my worst case scenario. Yeah, if he gets hurt and then we can't, it can't tell what to do. But if I think, um, if there's just like any indication of of the last few preseason games, um, like they've found some younger talent on the offensive line. Yeah, the general manager uh, drafted a tackle. In the fifth round, a left tackle, which is like that super coveted, like um, blindside protector, you mm-hmm. know, uh, who who protects a quarterback in the fifth round, which is kind of like the trash heap players where they usually find them. And that's kind of a premium position. That's usually you only find them in the first round, second round. Yeah. Those kinds of rounds. And they found this guy in a late round. And so far, he's been flashing out in the preseason. Like his film has looked really good. He has stonewalled, like, uh, veteran pass rushers, you know, like the um, the people who get the quarterbacks, the Clay Matthews, you yeah. know, that those style of, court, of uh, players that you might know about. Um, but, yeah, like, so I'm kind of just excited but cautiously optimistic because they seem to have a lot of young players on the offensive line with some upside. Mm-hmm. But that's also risky because they are young and inexperienced. And we're going off of the promise of good play, not like uh, proven good play, mm-hmm. you know. So that I would say that those that would be what I'm worried about in the season. And and if it does go well, they win eight games. You know, that's like, like best case scenario. That's the base, best case scenario. They win eight games, seven games, nine games in the best case scenario. Like that would be it. if no one gets hurt. Yeah. And like all of their that's stars show that up. That's not that much. But like they are a, they are like Arsenal was last year. Okay, you know what I mean. Like they're figuring it out. They they are in that super young stage of their team mm-hmm. where they just had a fire sale. Mm-hmm. They were just supposed to find the backbone of their team this year, and they look like they're already in step one point five. Like they've kind of like figured out 
some of the backbone and they're already adding some toys and some like um more to the foundation yeah. you know what i mean and hopefully that analysis is correct right hopefully it is and hopefully we it's mean, not off base and and really we find that we're not even at step one yet <laughs> you know hopefully that's not the case uh but I'm I'm excited to see how they play this year, dude. Like, I yeah. I'm excited to see what they end up doing because last year was they would fall apart a lot. It was not fun, man. It was a very ugly football. Do you like that? <laughs> you see why my description was what it was? Especially because I was you know keeping up with the the Bears because of the podcast, and I'm like, all right, like I'll try to be informed and see what they're doing. And I think three different games, uh, they would be winning in the third quarter and then fall apart in the fourth quarter. All the time. They were just... They'd fall apart all the time. And then it, it made no sense how they would even get ahead because most of the time they'd probably have like 50 yards of offense in the first half. You know, Which is like, nothing. Exactly. That's it's fucking nothing. That's a blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was pretty miserable. I'm like, how do you do this every week? It was not fun to be a Bears fan. Let's just say that. Was last year like the worst in your lifetime? The worst season that you've seen? Yes. Geez, it was G- that genuinely bad? it was because like the talent was there, mm-hmm. but they <laughs> the coaching was just so inept. Like I can't I can't uh, stress how how bad it was. Like like they used to have this guy named Allen Robinson who would catch like a hundred balls a year. But he got so tired of playing for this like shitbag coach <laughs> that he stopped trying like He's just like, totally. Good. Yeah, he stopped trying, and they would only ever make him run like three yard routes, like like just go out there, turn around, and hope for the ball. It's yeah. called a curl route, and that's kind of what this coach like. Um, it was his favorite play. It was the only it, like if you were on Madden, yeah, and you just hit like. Curls, curls, curls. Just That's a, a. all you're doing. All you're doing the whole game. Just go there, turn around, and I'll throw it to you. Yeah. Like this guy treated Justin Fields like that. Like, like that's all he made him throw. And which is like part of my point that like he wouldn't ever tailor his play call, calling to fit like his offense the on the field. Team. Yeah. Back to uh, my beloved Arsenal, the Arsenal. Come on, you Gunners. I think the best case scenario for my team is third place. And that's like super, super optimistic. Um, But take it into context, how the season has started, the mid-year World Cup break like we spoke about. I think taking all that into context, I think third place. There's a good amount of obstacles, especially the World Cup. That's a big one because, you know, the big two teams, Liverpool, Man City, like pretty much every single one of their starters are going to be playing and playing a big amount in their World Cup. Yeah. Like a lot of those players, are, apart from like City have um, like Erling Allen, like there's a few guys that aren't going to go play, like who their team just didn't qualify. But overall, it's like, man, you're going to compete into the Champions League, which is already super difficult. You're going to compete in the FA Cup. You're going to p- compete in these multiple cups. Then some of your best players are going to go play in the World Cup, for f- then come back and stack up more games. What are some breakout players you're looking out for Arsenal this year? Well, I think the front three look very, very interesting um, together, which is Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Jesus, who they bought, and Gabriel Martinelli. And then them, as well as the new captain, Martin Odegaard, like... Not just me as an Arsenal fan, but like a lot of general soccer fans are looking at these four players and being like, dude, they're cooking something. Like they look yeah. like they're genuinely cooking something they together. They look informed. Yeah, they, they look informed. They look like they're really well adjusted to each other. And like the people that are behind them, like who are next in line, um, also look really interesting. So it's, we're at, like you said, Bears at that 1.5 step. Arsenal are, I feel like, uh, are at that two and a half step okay. of like really building a solid base. I think uh, not this winter when the uh, transfer market opens during January, but I think like next summer, you're looking at like maybe adding another piece or two. So I feel like 
the Bears are like one year behind Arsenal. Yeah, it yeah, sounds like, that way. Like your your Arsenal right now sounds like they're about to have the season where like this will be building to deep playoff runs for years to come. Yes. Like this this year will be like that stepping stone. Right. Where they they will gain some experience in the in the big games with the mm-hmm. big boys and then carry on that experience into the next few years. Yeah. Walk because they still have their youth. Yeah. And they will have that like play and experience with the big boys. Yeah. Like I, f- I feel like the Bears now, if things are, are as positive as they seem to be, um, should be where Arsenal was last year. Like, yeah, where you kind of sell everybody. And then I, again, it takes some gambles. Like, I yep. think from, from your point of view, you got nothing but positivity to look forward to, especially after such a horrible season last year. Yeah. Yeah. And l- yeah, you're, you're totally right. Um, I'm, like to give you an example of a few players I'm looking forward to watching this year. I want to see Cole Komet, mm. the quarterback have, or the tight end have a breakout year. I want to see um, if they keep David Montgomery, who's like, um, like a mini Hulk, like that they have, <laughs> that they have at running back who is just like, he runs like Adrian Peterson used to run like, but like without the speed, but he's just a super fun player to watch. But uh, teams, and especially rebuilding teams, don't mm-hmm. ever pay running backs because they can get them for so cheap in the next draft. And, like, they'll probably do just as well as the, yeah. the guy who wants to get paid. So this is probably going to be his last season as a Bear. So I'm, I'm definitely going to, like, watch every one of his runs with a little bit more appreciation, you know. Um, and other than that, I'm really excited to watch uh, Brisker. They uh, drafted this really, like, high flying like hard hitting safety who in the preseason during the first game caused a three and out all by himself like the first play of the game was tackle for loss with for brisker Mm -hmm. second play of the game was like a pass deflection and the third play was a pass that was completed in front of him and he tackled them for a loss so like he quite literally like stopped the offense all in one drive um so I'm excited about those guys. Um, other than the strikers, would you say there's any other guys like that? Uh, um, Young prospects that you're just like yeah, I, excited and itching to watch? So there was this uh, center back, which is like the last line of defense before the goalie, who Arsenal bought three years ago. Yeah. They bought him three years ago so under the- a different coach. Everyone from the board was different when they bought this guy. And he was really wanted by a lot of teams. Like, he was only 18 at the time, and he had a really breakout season, and people were like, this guy's going to be the next big thing. He's 6'5", which is massive for a soccer player. That's huge, yeah. That's fucking, yeah, he's a giant. He could be playing offensive tackle. I I think he's 6'5". I know he's huge, but let me just confirm that information. So he has consistently been on loan for three different teams in France. The first year he went back on loan to the team they bought him from. The following year, there was really bad coaching on the team, and they thought, okay, maybe this guy could use another year on loan. Goes back to France for a different team. Comes back in the summer. The coach who we have now was like, I don't think this guy's ready. He's only 20 years old. Let's send him back on loan. So three years consistently, and now he's in the team. Over the summer, it looked like the team he was playing for was going to put in a good bid for him, like a big amount of money. But that team ended up having like catastrophe with their board and management. Their coach left. A bunch of people fell off from the team. So this guy came into the team, had a full run with the preseason. The coach got a good look at him. And all the fans were like, is, we were all like, is this going to be the year that this guy plays? Yeah. We've had him on the fucking payroll for yeah. three years. <laughs> like, God, give him a chance. And physically, like I said, so dominant. He's 6'4". Yeah. Okay. Physically, just looks insane. And he had all the right attributes as a center back. Like, could play from the back, strong, very cultured. And... Where's he from? He's from France. Okay. And the position that he plays is stacked for the French national team. And he looks so good at the age of 21 that people are already like, oh, fuck, is this guy going to start for for the World Cup? No way. Oh, you think he's going to start on the French? Yes. That's how good this kid is. And he's 21. Like, he would definitely go to the World Cup 
which beforehand you would be like, yeah. maybe he goes, maybe he doesn't, depending on injuries. But the rest of the players in his position have that, started off the season iffy. Okay. And this guy has just started off like a rock. His name is William Saliba. And you know the tequila song? The, the, the tequila song? Tequila. Okay. Yes. Yeah. At all five games so far, the fans from Arsenal have chanted... And when it comes to the tequila part, they say Saliba. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He's turned into like the Bobby Portis. He's turned into like a cult hero. Bobby, (laughs) Bobby. He's turned into a cult hero. And again, we were like, this guy was 18 when we bought him. Bro, people appreciate defense. And this guy is we gotta we gotta have a live stream one day where Arsenal and Bears play on the same day. And we can just both like watch back to back games. Shoot the shit about them. Yeah, exactly. And just be like, oh, damn. Like, this is to w- what to look out for. This is yes. what to kind of see. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. So we got to do that. We got to look out for the season and be like, oh, this. And we'll do a live stream where we just like watch both games. Shit. Or we can do one game, like whichever ca- game catches first, like a well, Arsenal game or a Bear game. Arsenal games are most likely in the morning because of like they're six hours ahead. Yeah. So they're usually like no later than noon on a Sunday, which well, is... Well, there you go. I'm guessing when the Bears would play. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, look out for that. Fuck We're going to yeah. do that late in the season. I'll sign up for the NFL pass or whatever. Get did you, Do you know about that? They like killed all Streaming. live streams everywhere. Can't even fucking find nothing anymore, dude. Not even illegally? No, not even illegally. Not like, even on TikTok? Yeah, not even the classic old blue collar, like lime wire way. Doesn't work anymore. You know what I would do during the NBA playoffs last year? Is I would go on TikTok. This is 100% true. I would go on TikTok and search like Bucks versus the Nets. And then I would just go over to the live. And there would be somebody streaming the game from their uh, like living room, and they would just set up a tripod with their phone pointing at the TV, and you can hear like people in the back like having a party, and so just an angel <laughs> would just be streaming the game for the rest of us. That's awesome. Yeah, I did that a lot. That's us. We gotta do that. <laughs> we gotta do that for the people, and then get just a five hundred dollar fine. Do they get fined? Yeah, I know somebody who I went to school with. Uh, he was like in his thirties who was a big Colts fan. And because he lived in Wisconsin, uh, that we wouldn't really get like the Colts games unless he bought like the $120 package, yeah. whatever it was for cable to get like every single game. And he's like, I don't want every single game. I just want the 12 that my team plays. Yeah. And he got a letter from like the NFL that said, we have had recurring instances where you're, uh, IP address has been streaming illegally. If you don't stop this now, it'll be a five hundred dollars. Like it was like a crazy. Holy amount. shit! Season desist letter. I think it was more. I think it might have been like five thousand. Oh my god! Like not only are you preventing us from making money, but this is like. An, How do they cr- know? I don't know. There's I don't know something he, creepy about that. How do they know? I don't know if he was shitting it, like kind of giving me like yeah. a false story. But he was kind of freaked out. He's like, "Yeah, man, I can't, I can't watch the Colts games anymore because I got a letter in the mail from the." That NFL. sounds like a Colts fan. I was like, "I'm just kidding, Colts fans. <laughs> I like Colts fans." Um. Well, beautiful, man. Yeah. Keep beautiful keep an episode. eye. Keep an eye out. Keep for an eye out for these teams. Exactly. Like See. the last like three six. My kids go- breaking news. Kanye West. My kids going to Donda. Then I going to Sierra Canyon. Charlemagne the God and Chris. Get your motherfucking popcorn. Yo, okay. He's like, come get Hillary to take me off Instagram. <laughs> he, he, no, we need to talk in person. You don't have to say where the kids go to school. Why you get say say? Because you half white. I'm guessing he's sending that to Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Next one over. It's don't let Chris make you do Playboy like she made Kyle and Kim do Hollywood as a giant brothel pornography to serve my family. I deal with the addiction Instagram promotes it. Not going to let it happen to North in Chicago. Uh, next one. Thank you. I want to stop OF and do fashion consulting full time. Caption. Praise God. Sarah Canyon. Gap. Adidas. It's up. Hillary and Mark. Are you blocking me? <laughs> next one. Somebody texted him saying, from my mom, please 
Tell him to please stop mentioning my name. I'm almost 67 years old. I'm guessing that's Kim talking about Chris. I'm almost 67 years old, and I don't always feel great, and this dress needs to end. And then Kanye replied, Yeah, I don't have so-so over my black children and where they go to school. They will not do Playboy and sex tapes. Tell your Clinton friends to come get me. I'm here. And then the caption, God loves us. Fair enough. God did. did. Next one. Tristan, Trav, Scott. Uh, (laughs) Showing results for cum donors. Become a sperm donor for $1,500. How it works. Call my fellow cum donors. We in this together. Oh, he's asking for help from Tristan and Travis Scott. And Scott Disick. Oh, he's oh he's talking about Scott Disick, Travis Scott, and Tristan Thompson from all three. I didn't really. I mean, it looked kind of weird because it was Travis and then Scott. Next one, the the most recent one. He's ten minutes ago. Anybody that says I'm spiraling when I express the undeniable. Truce is a sheep. Shut the fuck up and worry about your own kids. I obviously am dealing with wars at the highest levels of controls and discrimination based on the level I'm operating at. A conductor got to turn the back to the audience to direct the orchestra. Oh, yay, crazy. It's basic as fuck at this point. I'm simply right. I know girls who sell pussy that don't agree how my daughters are displayed. Caption, y'all not finna keep discriminating on me while the organizations use me and use us all. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yes, we've been recording this whole time. I think it's kind of what happens when you marry a celebrity of Kim Kardashian's stature. Like, on one hand, I understand that he doesn't want his kids on TikTok and Instagram, obviously, because they're young kids. They can be influenced. But what did you think was going to happen when you married Miss Kardashian? Like she has constantly been in the news since she was what, 18 as like Paris Hilton's assistant. And I, I do feel bad because clearly Kanye, like he says, he's not unstable. It's just him being him. And it's like, you kind of have to, you want to disassociate the artist from the art. And you want to treat him like a regular person. A lot of people are going to do the cop out. Like he says, saying Kanye is crazy is cheesy at this point because it's like, we don't know what he goes through. Like if you sold millions and millions of records and became a billionaire with different enterprises and success, like, would you still be a normal person? Like, no, like you're constantly surrounding yourself with people who are just like constantly wanting to be in your circle. And a lot of yes, people who are like, Hey, I think I want to tweet out that slavery was a choice. And they're going to be like, yes, because they don't want the train to end. They want this thing to keep going that they're just latching onto. So yeah, overall, I think it's fucking crazy. Um, Opinions on Kanye West in order. Opinions on him falling apart. Not falling apart. Cause even he says saying Kanye is crazy. is just cheesy at this point. Which I think he's kind of right. Like it's people are gonna say he's unstable, he needs help, but I mean I don't think he like wants it. I think yeah, like this is him. This is what you signed up for. Yeah, yeah. This is how you get the art. He, yeah, he is the erratic artist. Yeah, yeah, bro. Do you guys remember uh, Van Gogh? It, what was the reason he cut his ear off? Uh, he mailed it to his ex-wife because she was uh, like with somebody else. Jesus Christ. But, bro, have you seen his paintings? By the way, do not go to the Van Gogh experience. It is a waste of time and a waste of money. All it is is a PowerPoint presentation of his paintings being fucking put on walls and floors. That is all it is. And some, like, jazz in the background. And people sit there and like, like, oh, oh. And then the blue one of the night sky <laughs> comes on and then everybody's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Just like, cut, jizzing their pants. What are we doing? What yeah. were the iPad babies? Like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I remember just sitting there like, this was such a fucking stupid experience. How and much is it? It's like, it's like 75, eight, 90 dollars, dude. Per person? Yeah. $90 per person. To sit in a room so that there is paintings of Van Gogh projected onto the walls and the floors. Damn it. 
and it's called the Van Gogh experience. And then they try to get you on the way out to buy some merch, and you're like, I could just, I could you, just. You couldn't have fucked me, in, like you didn't fuck me enough with like, the tickets. Exactly, this wasn't enough. It's like, dude, I could just get a poster of this and buy it online, and like buy it through five. Nobody go see the Van Gogh experience. Nobody, yeah, nobody goes to. Nobody's ever gonna ask you about like the Starry Night poster in the in the corner of your room. No one gives a shit. Yeah, and like the people that are in there, like myself, was like, oh, this is artsy. I'm doing this because I'm like up to date and like I just like I feel art. And then I was in there and I'm like. I would rather just watch TikTok for 30 minutes <laughs> than, than be here. Like, it was actually really meditating. Dude, they, they got me with, with their uh, ads, bro. I haven't been. Don't. But I've I told, swear, bro, I've do told not. Alo like do three not. times. I'm like, oh, this looks great. We got to go. Do not. It is, I, it's, you know, like, I've had bad um, experiences on like drugs. And sometimes it takes a really bad experience in order to realize that you, hate certain things like mm-hmm. when you have a really shitty job you're like i'm gonna really go to school and turn my life around and like with that van gogh experience i was like this is so boring and so expensive that i don't want to do anything like this again <laughs> like if you go to the wonder museum or like there was the marvel expo in chicago like a year or two ago awesome right because yeah. you're like part of it you're able to come like go up to it interact with it i took pictures with like the fucking black panther suit that they use for the movies fucking badass when you're at the wonder museum you're like it's all colorful and you like walk up to it and there's like a room full of mirrors and there's like a floor that's like reacting to you stepping on it that's badass okay van gogh experience you're literally just looking at a painting that you have already seen hundreds of times because van gogh is one of the most popular artist of all time yeah and so you're just like i've seen this but now it's just on a wall but that's how they draw the crowds you know they're not gonna put in some obscure guy who's not gonna attract anybody no for sure but it's just a bunch of people just standing in like that are all six feet apart would it have been better and would you have felt better if it was like ten dollars oh yeah for sure 15 if it was like 15 yeah exactly you would have felt better right you would have felt a hundred times better and you would have like walked up and been like, oh, this is cool. Like 10, 50 bucks. This wouldn't like, have been a super villain origin story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it is for you right now. <laughs> I, like, I want to I dig up his dead body and be like, you piece of shit. <laughs> the fuck, dude? <laughs> Give me my $90 back. <laughs> the fuck, man? Who's exploiting you for this? Like who did you... Any final thoughts on Kanye West and spiraling? I mean, what you, you said what you needed to say. I think the way you said it earlier captured it um, the best, that he is an artist with w- that comes with uh, some erratic behavior, and, like, you can't separate those things. Like, uh, it is what it is. He is who yeah. he is. Um, he uses, unfortunately, like, the public's fear to, like, air out his dirty laundry, which is kind of gross, but, like, he's been doing it for a minute. Like we, like you can't expect anything different, you know. Right. Like, yeah, he is who he is. Like, and again, yeah, you can't expect too much, you know. I mean, we're talking about people, Kanye, who's a billionaire, and Kim Kardashian, who's a multimillionaire, in the hundreds of millions, like more money than like you know what to do with. These people have no conception of reality, and for Kanye to get Kim's attention. And her trying to be private about it because, like, wanting to maintain this perfect image. Like, he does kind of have to go to the extreme and be like, I'm going to post our conversations on Instagram to get a reaction out of you. Because clearly me trying to talk to you like a human is not working. And so, on one hand, what did she expect, Kim Kardashian, that is, from a crazy artist? Like, she wanted the crazy artist. Yeah. Because she wanted the Instagram vibes. And then on his end, like, what did you expect? This is Miss Perfect role model. Like, everything is... Yeah, like, this is the modern Marilyn Monroe, what he called her. Right. Yeah. And, like, he's got a point. Yeah. She, she's, like, the sex symbol of a generation or two. Right. And, like, what did they both expect from the other person? I'm just saying she could have listened to an album or two. She would have realized he was an egomaniac for... Since, yeah. Like, graduation or, you know... And been like, yeah, maybe this guy's not... Not yeah, maybe this one. this one's not a hubby material. Or yeah, yeah. Maybe this one's like one of the stints. And yeah. It's like, yeah, 
Kanye was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't make a kid with this one. Exactly. It's like Johnny Depp and his first wife. I'm not familiar with who was she. Uh, the French actress. He was like uh, super in love with her and then ended up cheating on her with uh, Amber Heard. And then has two kids with his first wife. And I mean, the, the Amber Heard thing didn't work out, obviously. Yeah. But he said that he always like, still to this day, he has a ton of love for his first wife and like, which is her the best. And it's like, maybe that's what Kanye and Kim should have been. Like, yeah, we had a stand, it didn't work out. Yeah. And ended up, you know, just fucking somebody else's life. Well, here's to them, right? Let's cross our fingers. You know, here's to, you know, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Here's to a happy relationship for everybody who's watching and listening. And we wish you the best of luck. Enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. Cheers.